Good morning. I'd like to call to order the Sewer and Water Committee meeting, Thursday, January 11th at 8.30. Number one, public comment. Any public comment on items? No, no public comment. Thank you. Item number two, approve change order number one for the emergency bypass port project phase two. Okay, we have Charlie. Oh, thank you. I'm Bill Tapia, construction project manager. And we have for you here the change order number one for the emergency bypass port project phase two. Um, little brief description, just project, there was 11 sewer bypass ports, six of which are on the Meeks Bay portion. Uh, during the course of construction, the utilities department had requested a seventh bypass port in the General Creek area, just south of Sugarpine, to shorten the a distance across the creek, which is a, a likely failure point. And the cost of that is $137,632, of which we have already included in the 2024 budget. And we are recommending this item for board consent. Well, one thing to add, we're bringing it back because this exceeds the general manager's 10% contingency for the project and it's turned into a multi year project. Right now. Okay. Any questions? No questions, just a comment. Um, <clears throat> thank you for being careful about that one. Yeah, that those creek sides can definitely do some washouts. So it's a good call. Mm -hmm. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, that creek can. That could work. Yeah. Hopefully, we never use it. But yeah, <laughs> we'll be happy when we have it. Be prepared. Yeah. You know, now that you've done it. You didn't, you know what happened. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that any day. Yeah. Okay, for your own consent. Yes. Okay, me too. Item number three. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah number three. Water. Okay. Yeah. 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 Approve addendum number one to the development agreement between SCPD and AOS. Yes, good morning, John. Good morning, Allie. Chris Figures, Technical Services Manager. So, today, uh, looking for board approval to approve the addendum number one to the development agreement between the district and Idolize LLC, who's the developer of the Five House project. Um, you remember back in 2022, we entered into that development agreement. Part of that development agreement was that they requested. Uh, district con contribution towards bringing the water facilities across the highway there. The district agreed to that contribution. Um, during that phase of the construction project, it became apparent that two additional valves were needed for operational reasons, and they came at the request of the district. So we agreed to pay for those as part of this contribution. So uh, it's an additional $15,464.80 expenditure beyond the $151,000 that was originally approved. Um, I would expect this to be the last uh, request uh, to this contribution as the, all the facilities have been installed as part of the project. So um, we budgeted for it um, in 2024, and this will be a consent item uh, next Friday. Mm -hmm. Don't that. 
Yeah, so Marina, we're having problems with rags at the time. Oh. So, in fact, the wet well was cleaned in October, and from October to last week, uh, two weeks ago, when it was cold, there was quite a bit of debris that hangs up on the uh, check valves. Okay. Is that mainly down there or everywhere from the check valves? Uh, so, there's debris that collects on the check valves over time, but um, there's uh, a white white issue there in the marina oh. and so um, we had to pull we pulled the pumps and the uh, check valves to remove the debris there. Public education for the marina. A lot of times at the at the condo complexes, uh, cleaners go in and they use flushable wipes. Um, so we do contact the maintenance people there. We were we were aware of the issue because one of the pumps was running twice as long as the other, causing alarm for high run times. So that's why. Um, I think this was on sewer water too. This this is uh, somebody met with a JPIA representative to discuss disaster related sewer water. Service disconnection. I've been Chris. Yeah. yeah. Service disconnection. Oh, yes. Um, so an issue has come up um, with regards to uh, if there was a large scale wildfire event, say, and it's a kind of total whole neighborhood, that we would allow people to cut and cap their services and essentially not pay base rate or obviously consumption fees. So we're trying to make efforts to ensure that we're protected in an event like that okay. and trying to craft some language for the ordinance uh, that would allow us to potentially collect some sort of uh, minimum dollar amount from homeowners, uh, such as a standby charge or something to that effect uh, in the event of a catastrophic wildfire. You know, so for example, if we had the entirety of the top cedar subdivision all of a sudden not paying rates that's going to affect our annual yeah. budget so we don't want to look and protect ourselves in some kind of fashion so does the so insurance cover something like that well we're getting guidance from kevin phillips who actually used to work for paradise irrigation district yeah. and he works for good as you know yeah so that's that's the whole reason of the discussion with jpia it's actually a fema covered um, 
issue um, in the event of a wildfire disaster. But correct me if I'm wrong. I, yeah, I, yeah, we're trying to. So Chris followed up on the conversation that we had with Kevin, but the issue that the way that Kevin described the issue is that if, if your ordinance allows people to essentially stop service, uh, that FEMA says there's no responsibility for them to pay. If your ordinance requires them to continue paying some sort of a standby fee or something, then FEMA typically will cover that on behalf of the customer. That's right. So their guidance was to try to figure out how to amend your ordinance so that it's a, it's a bit of a challenge. Um, and North Tower PD is going through this right now. And I think the natural desire of our boards is to be, um, be serving customers and not having to say you still have to pay us during the time of a fire. But when it is a, like Chris says, when it's a large scale uh, incident, you know, we, we put ourselves in a really precarious position if we don't have that type of coverage in our ordinance to maintain basic operations. So, I think there has to be a charge for some kind of plant availability. That's what I call it. Yeah, I mean, so we're, so we're, Chris is falling up. We're working on figuring out how to do it. Um, there may be a way to, you know, allow one customer or a couple of customers if they lost their home to a fire. Uh, at the board's discretion to waive some sort of fee, but we just we need to make sure that we're that our uh, revenue stream is protected. Uh, and you know, while like I say, while there's a, a concern that we want to be serving our customers in the long run, if we're not able to um, stay in business because we don't have revenue, we're not serving any of our customers. And you know, in an area like this, um, people will people will come back and they will build back again. So anyway, we're, we're looking into ways to make sure we're protected. We heard some nightmare stories down in Aqua about various couple of other agencies that lost all their capital base and uh, now what do we do? So um, this was one of the recommendations that came out of that. Okay. Yeah, they, was it, uh, was they were able to get legislation passed that um, um, that extended kind of their property tax revenue or, or gave them some extra property tax revenue, but it's, it's a real challenge. Right. That was something I've been thinking about since this, as far as losing your tax base. And then your essential community services are. Yeah. Yeah. Eldorado County went through this something similar when they lost, they had glorified, they lost 207 houses, and all of a sudden they're going, there's no tax bill. Right, and they're still focused on services. Yeah. Thank you. But I thought FEMA would have gone that and picked that up. Well, so that's that nuance that thankfully Kevin, um, Kevin has been uh, sharing with with agencies that you know if your if your ordinance essentially allows people to disconnect, FEMA says no, we don't have to pay for it. FEMA, it, the story we we've been told is you know FEMA is looking for any way possible to not have to pay for anything, so don't give them that opportunity. <laughs> um, wise decision. Yeah. 
So thank God, yeah, appreciate Chris stepping into that and uh, incorporating that into our upcoming ordinance revisions. I, I do have one more question on that same page. Working with development agreement for 6690 Westlake Boulevard Water Line Extension. Yes. Is that, is that going to be similar to Water Line Extension we're doing for Edelweiss? No. Is it going to be a precedence? Or? No precedence. Yeah, we made pretty extensive efforts to establish that that was a very specific situation for the pipe for house and advice uh, in terms of the district contribution. So now we won't be making contributions to this development. Yeah, John, you're familiar with most of those, like the typical type of development agreements, Ellie, you know, whenever there is a customer that is not in an area that essentially has access to service, um, that's what really usually necessitates a development agreement. So it's typically the 99% of the time it is the um, property owner's responsibility to extend the facilities um, you know, to obtain service, whether that's sewer or water. So they come in, work with the tech services team, get a permit, um, and then essentially we enter into a, a development agreement under they under which the, the property owner hires a contractor to build an extension to the facilities per our specifications. Um, our team will inspect and make sure it's built to our specifications, and then upon completion uh, of the project, we take on ownership of that facility and operate it. So it becomes part of our asset inventory after that. But yeah, as Chris said, you know, that is the customer responsibility. So the, the kind of the unique situation down here is a little bit a little bit different. Um, and we made a we made a lot of findings, as Chris said, to establish that that's not the, the typical way that uh, yeah. yeah, there are multiple customers that are going to be connecting, um, fire service. So there was a number of, of things that people feel comfortable. That's a that's a one off. So as we go into the last question, sorry, because sure. I haven't been part of this committee for the Sierra Terrace up there crossing, there will be probably multiple customers there, right? And how is that going? That your uh, real estate road, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's a that's a separate water system. Yeah. So that would be that really would just be a um, you know handled in a similar fashion to other water system acquisitions. Okay, we're looking at an acquisition versus that's wholesale water. Well, yeah. I mean, they they have their own water source right now. The discussions that we've had informally are about whether we would acquire or consolidate them. So it's a we we still have yet to um, find out definitively what they are in terms of whether they're a mutual water company or private. No one seems to quite know what they are. They don't know what they are. It's really the issue. So we've told them we're willing to have a conversation with them, but that they need to get together on their end with all the property owners. And if they can't figure out definitively what they are. Then, in order for us to have, you know, further conversations with them, they would need all property owners to sign, you know, off on any rights, title, and interest that they might have in that water system before we would be willing to talk with them about it. And if we acquired it and extend it over there, then it essentially becomes a capital project at that point to extend it to water service over to the area. 
And that's one of our yeah. The conductor we put in a conductor right. case, and, and then in 2024 we're going to bring the a water line through the case and stub it right. on the mountainside. Yeah, so I didn't know how far we were going. That it stays there. It's just ahead of the Caltrans work, so we don't have to deal well, with. Well, one of the reasons I bring it up, I hate to be political, but one of the competitors against myself when we ran last time, apparently works with that water. Uh, owns, owns a property owns in property. that. In that. Yeah, I think she became the water guru for their little agency or whatever it is. So I didn't know further discussions No, I mean, not recently that I'm aware of anyway. I think they were still trying to figure out what okay. they are and what they want to do. Probably on the capital. Yeah. So for updates for me, um, I don't have anything for the projects to add, but I want to talk globally about the water capital fund. Uh, it's looking like we are going to go over a little bit for the 2023 year. We do quite a bit of projections um, as we're getting our labor, our own staff time put into the budgets. That, you know that comes in, and then our change orders that we have at the end of the year and our uh, consultant invoices coming in, still coming in. At this point, we're projected to do over 200,000 roughly all part of our total 2023 capital. That is predominantly the water treatment plant. Um, with these multi-year multi, pro multi projects, um, especially the treatment plant, we don't control how they resource or go after the project. Um, they had a big year, which we are thankful for, obviously. Um, but uh, we want to make you aware that it's looking like we're going to go over our total capital. For the remainder of our capital projects, we'll be under for them. Um, this is not something that happens very often with the district, um, but with a large multi-year project that's happening this year, um, we're working with Pomona to get all this, all the information that we have as fast as it's coming in, and we'll likely be coming back in February with a, a resolution to adopt an amendment to the 2023 capital budget. We just kind of want to make you aware. We thought about doing it right now, but as we're still just getting more and more information, we just want to have all our ducks in a row and bring it back likely in February. This is the first time that we've ever seen water start to approach their capital number. As Charlie was saying, as a matter of process, we are thinking about bringing back a resolution because we adopt by resolution. But we may not necessarily need to do that, but at least in form. So we'll know by we'll know by February. Well, fingers crossed how we're going to process this. The reason we're debating whether or not to actually make a budget amendment is this is not a cash flow issue in this case because the project that went over is funded, the finance project. We have the cash. It's more just that we are exceeding the expenditures that you guys, the total expenditure for water capital that you guys uh, approved for the year 2023. Does that make sense? So it's not that we don't have the cash. We're, we're submitting all of those uh, bills and getting reimbursed for it. Uh, it's just as Charlie said, if they did more this year than we would have done, or more last year than we would have done this year. So it's a good thing we just ex expedited it. So we're just 
we're trying to work through with Ramona whether, from an audit perspective, we actually need to make a budget amendment, um, or we just inform the board that we spent more than we um, than you guys approved. It wasn't a diff it wasn't a new project. It wasn't a different project. It was just more we got more work done than we thought. Really. Clarify there was one little project yes. that we did add <laughs> on Bunker Drive. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, never That's mind. okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't it's know about it either. It was a small well, project that Tony and crew uh, identified oh, yes. a leak off of Bunker Drive and uh, quickly went and uh, identified it, tried clamping it, um, ended up being not worth clamping, and they replaced 200 feet of water line in that area. Uh, yeah, so um, that was that was sixty thousand yeah. dollars roughly. Mm -hmm. and, and the other point I want to make is that um, the district, as a special district, does not need to adopt a resolution of our budget of our capital budget. Um, you know, we work with Steve Gross to identify that. It, we do it to as a transparency act, so that the board is acknowledging um, that here's our budget. This is what it is. So legally, we don't need to do it, but we. Feel like it's important to have that buy-in from the board and the transparency of the budget. Well, I appreciate that because uh, anybody else is reading what's going on in where you live in Incline. There's a lot of microbes, gothic. Anyway, I won't go further into that. Yeah, so the more transparent <laughs> we are, and the more transparent we are, the more yeah. reflects. Those uh, and I, I didn't know about that project. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the operational. So those are those are uh, projects that that utility budgets for. So we have budget for uh, repair and maintenance, right. right? And those are repair and maintenance projects. But when they surpass, when when you essentially are renewing an asset, so you determine that instead of just putting a clamp on it, you're going to replace a segment of pipe. Essentially, we've now put a new capital asset in. And so it switches from our operational, from an operational budget project. So we have the budget in operations to make those types of repairs, but it now raises to the threshold of now being a capital project from a, you know, from an asset renewal standpoint. So it flips over, becomes a capital project. So those happen. Uh, Tony was just, we were just, Tony was just giving me an update on, was it well number three? Yes, so Tata City Well number three. Um, we think the check valve has yeah, check the, valve has the, failed. The foot valve of the well has failed, allowing the water to drain back into the aquifer after it shuts off. So it's not a, it's not a, a critical issue to fix. And um, based on Tony, Tony's feeling, is we probably need to. He's going to do some more research to determine whether we should do kind of a well rehab while we're doing it. Yeah, it's three. It's one of four wells. Where we can we can be without it certainly during the winter, um, but he wants to spend some more time thinking about what is the right thing to do. We, we have to pull the we have to pull the whole thing, pull the pump and everything. So while we're doing that, we might as well do a rehab. I think he said the motors twenty five. Yeah, thirty years. Or thirty years. So we're trying to decide whether we do new pump, new motor, or just a motor and whatnot. So that you know we're looking at the details on what what's going to be the best approach to. To get that well. So, and I only bring that this is a, a project we'll be working on. It's probably 
sounds like we probably won't do it until the weather's better um, anyway, but it's just an, another example of these types of projects where we have budget for operational repairs, but this will likely turn into a capital project because we'll do a rehab and just while we're in there doing, you want to leverage and bring out a, you know, the pump contractor to pull all that, you might as well just do it and kind of renew the asset. So that's just another example of this type of project where they sometimes these, these repairs turn into what we should do as a capital project. Thank you. So we don't always anticipate, you know, that's why there's this, this, this flexibility, I'll say, within our capital budgets, because we want to be able to have the flexibility to do, do these projects the right way, instead of just, and we appreciate your guys' support, instead of just saying, oh, we didn't budget for it, so let's just repair it and waste the money on doing it again. And we appreciate your guys' support. Special non capital project technical services. Uh, beyond your previous question, uh, I think the only thing we were going to point out is if we're um, on that non-capital project that to be reported, we have the North Lake Active Recreation Facilities Assessment. We were we will be meeting um, Friday with the ad hoc committee to review the results of the surveying uh, and polling data and get feedback and direction from the ad hoc committee for our special joint meeting on January 31st. So that's exciting. Um, that's it. No uh, previews on the results? No previews. Many <laughs> <laughs> reviews. Uh, <laughs> they have received, they got the data yesterday. We've been working with the consultants to finalize it, so they just received it yesterday. We'll be meeting with them tomorrow. Then we'll share before, uh, before heading into the board meeting, we'll share. Uh, type of media review and staff direction. Yeah, I didn't know any additional direction today. Uh, we've got a couple items to go to the consent agenda with the committee's approvals or recommendations. Okay, we'll adjourn to 856. All right, thank, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.